0: Those of you who have been following me for a while know that I am an attorney, I have two Ivy League degrees, I've worked at the Obama White House, I've written a paper under the World Bank, given a presentation at the UN, and I've done all of these things while maintaining a very vibrant and successful social media presence as well as a coaching program. I'm someone who by the age of 30 is relatively accomplished and I get a lot of questions about sort of how you, one, figure out what you want to do in your life, and two, to become successful at it and I wanted to talk about first what kind of sets people who are successful apart. A lot of times when we're talking about traits of successful people, they tend to be things like waking up early, eating healthy, exercising, but when you actually look across the board and take a cross section of successful people more broadly, you find out that there's a lot more diversity than you would think. There are a lot of successful people who are night owls, some are early birds, there are those who eat healthy, and those who don't. So what are the actual traits that set successful people apart? Because
1: they were trying to find habits of highly successful people. And there's all these things that we want to make as truths, but there there's easy examples that counter those things. So it's like, what are the few things that are true, or at least that seem to be present in all of the situations?
0: When I was listening to his video, it really struck a chord with me. And I thought to myself, how can I personalize this and kind of explain how these traits have been helpful on my own journey in hopes that it would help someone else who might find themselves earlier on in theirs?
1: And so the three common traits that they had had found were one, that people have superiority complex. They believe they're better than others and they believe that they deserve more than everyone else does and that they can accomplish big goals, right? So they have a bigger vision because they believe they deserve it or whatever it is that they were able to identify that.
0: I do deep down believe that I am exceptional. What exceptionalism does is it gives you the courage to try. I recently got a comment from someone who said that they had been following me for a really long time because my presence on social media has evolved a fair amount. I started making content as a makeup guru, then I was talking about faith and kind of relationships, but not really. And then I was talking about my law school journey, and now I've circled back to relationships. And someone commented, and they said, I started following you when you started documenting your law school journey. And when you started making relationship content, I was skeptical because it's such an oversaturated space. But it's really nice to see you thriving. And I read the comment, and I didn't know how to take it at first. At first, I was kind of like, so you didn't believe in me? Not even for one second did I think like, oh, this niche is oversaturated and I'll never get any sort of traction here. I literally went into it thinking I've looked at the content, I've looked at the niche and I don't see anybody doing What I want to do in the way that I'm going to do it. And that exceptionalism, again, is what allowed me to try kind of fearlessly and give it my all, not thinking about what the quote unquote odds were against me. And I think that's common for how I think about anything. For example, when I applied to law school, I only applied to five schools and they were all in the top seven in the country. And I think what it comes down to is. When I'm trying to do something, the idea of failure is just not really in the universe of possibilities for me. It's never a question of will I succeed? It's always just a matter of time.
1: The second thing that they would identify is that they had crippling insecurity <laughs> and which which is a paradox of paradoxes. They feel they'll never be enough um, and they'll always be measured against the things that they've achieved. And so you've got this crazy dynamic between they, They think they're better than everyone. They think they deserve more. They want to go after this big hill. And at the same time, they fear they'll never be good enough. They'll never actually achieve it. And they actually suck.
0: I realized that this insecurity for me was kind of the driving force behind why I always felt the need to do more and press harder and work harder because it pushed me to measure my progress in tangible metrics. So I about success in terms of grades and test scores and rankings of the schools that I went to. And although this crippling insecurity sounds unhealthy to a lot of different people, it was good for me to be able to build my confidence on tangible measurements. Like I was able to look back at my track record and say, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that, this is evidence that I am a very competent and intelligent person who is able to function and compete at the highest levels of whatever I'm doing. And that just created a feedback loop where the insecurity would push me to want to get these metrics and these metrics would feed into my sense of confidence. And in turn, what it did is it forces me to show up consistently. It forces me to try and put my best foot forward in everything that I do. And I've seen that that's paid dividends in social media as well. Is just showing up, being consistent and not sort of getting complacent and in, oh, the numbers don't matter, the rankings don't matter. In the grand scheme of things, you could definitely make that argument, but I think it's helpful to be motivated by something that is concrete.
1: And then the third piece, which kind of adds the beautiful like mix of this, is impulse control. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to control their actions and focus on a single thing for an extended period of time.
0: Now, the amount of time that something will take has never been a deterrent for me. I have been making content on the internet since 2013 and the vast majority of people who follow me today found out about my platform just last year. I always had in mind this like vision. I saw the impact that I was going to have and I saw that I was going to be a very strong voice, right? But I didn't know exactly what kind of content I was going to be making even though i knew the power of the impact that i was going to be having so i ended up pivoting a lot and trying a lot of different things like when i started on youtube like i said i was a beauty guru or aspiring beauty guru hey guys welcome to my youtube channel this is my first ever youtube makeup tutorial and then i was making faith content and then i was making law school content and now i'm making relationship content but I tried YouTube and then I tried Instagram and then I tried Facebook and then when TikTok came out, it felt like a really unique opportunity. I remember my brother texted me and was like, you've got to get on this app. I think you would do really well. But I think that if I was not willing to pivot in the way that I did, if I didn't have that vision motivating me and telling me like, look, it's only a matter of time and it's only a matter of figuring out exactly what this is going to look like. It would have been a lot easier to give up after one, two, three, four, even five years doing this, especially in the kind of culture and circle that I am, which is like the Ivy League culture where a lot of people just kind of gossiped about me and made fun of me as someone who was doing this really weird social media thing. And I mean, look at it now. Now they're asking me how I did it. I know you're enjoying the video, but really quick, I wanted to plug a couple of things that I get asked about a lot. First is my coaching program. I have one on one coaching for women who want transformative change in their life when it comes to confidence, relationships, mindset, etc. And so if you are interested in that, go to my website, click coaching, and fill out the contact form, and I will get back to you with next steps. The next one is my newsletter. I'm starting my newsletter for those of you who enjoy my little think pieces on Twitter. Sign up for my newsletter is also on my website. I will link both the coaching and the newsletter down below and I hope to hear from you guys soon. So I would say like if you're someone who wants to be successful and you know that you want to make an impact, here are the things that you can do, here are the things that you can borrow from my journey. Some I've already touched on, but some I'm going to go a little bit deeper into. The first is if you have insecurity, right? I'm not saying take on additional insecurity if you don't have it. I don't think feelings of unworthiness are healthy here, but I think the insecurity, that chip on your shoulder, that need to prove yourself is not necessarily a bad thing, like I said, so long as you can channel and sort of contain it. As far as exceptionalism goes, I think that that's a much healthier way to think about it rather than a superiority complex. Everyone has a unique voice. Everyone has a unique perspective. Everyone has a unique story. Everyone has a unique trajectory, right? And I think a lot of times coming into a space, like this person said, when you see it's oversaturated, you kind of assume, well, you know, if there's so many people doing it, there's bound to be someone who's doing it like I am. And that sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you go into it trying to copy the person who's doing it the best, right? Or trying to copy the person who's gotten the most traction instead of going into it and saying, I'm just going to go in here and do it like me. The thing about copycatting is it might work and you might get that traction, right? But how sustainable is it to maintain a platform that you obtained by being someone else? Then you have to be someone else to maintain it and that's a much harder thing to do because it's a long-term effort. So for me, I was just like, I'm not gonna consume dating content. I'm not going to look at what else is out there. I'm gonna focus on making the content in a way that is organic and authentic to me and I found that the things that I was worried about sort of like my laid back vibe and my quiet voice those things end up being the things that really attracted people to me where they say you're so calming to listen to your voice is like ASMR so it's like these very things that I was unsure about ended up being major strengths to my platform. The key with delayed gratification is to not focus on the outcome that you're going for particularly but to focus on something that's even bigger and maybe more important and more compelling than that outcome. So for example, when I started on social media, I kind of knew that it was just a matter of time until I got a certain amount of traction with it. Like I said, I didn't know exactly what kind of content I was going to be making. I didn't know which platform I was going to like grow on. I didn't know a lot of this nitty gritty specifics of it, right? But what I did know was this vision of like, I'm going to be an impactful contributor to the social media space because it wasn't tied to tangible metrics. It forced me to look at soft factors in a way that I think actually paid off in the long run. It forced me to look at the integrity of my platform. It forced me to look at the consistency and the authenticity of my brand. It forced me to look at making the right kind of impact. It forced me to get really specific about who I was talking to with my platform and who I was catering to. So even when I was making makeup content and law school content and faith content, my goal has always been to speak to one person, right? And that one person is so clear and distinct in my mind, I always had that one person in mind because my goal was impact. It wasn't numbers, it wasn't noise, right? So I think having that kind of goal is a lot more compelling and makes it a lot more easier to delay gratification than if I say like I wanna be a creator with a hundred thousand subscribers or I wanna be a creator with a hundred thousand followers on Instagram or I wanna be a creator with two hundred thousand on TikTok. Then you're just chasing the numbers. And while that's a tangible metric that can be helpful in some contexts, in the context of social media, I don't think that that metric is actually that helpful. One, because it doesn't speak to the impact that you're making. There are some people with 10,000 followers changing lives. And there are some people with millions of followers who are not doing that. And it also puts you in a place where you'll do anything for that number, right? It doesn't hold you to a standard the way that my other vision did of integrity and consistency and authenticity and compassion etc 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 and you'll find that when you mix all of these together you have a much better shot at getting to the things that you've always wanted always hoped and dreamed and maybe even never expected to be able to achieve.